Hello. Welcome to Monday. Hello. Seth Williams, Corsaken. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, we are here. Hey, look at that. Nobody else is, but we're fine. That's all right. Dale can watch later. That's are we, fine. Are we on Facebook anymore or no? Uh, the StreamYard was having problems all this, all when I was scheduling everything. So I posted an event. So if people are, the event should be showing on Facebook when it links them to the, to the, I don't, whatever. It's, it's a techie thing. The, the short answer is yes. The long answer is not directly for you. this, for this show because StreamYard was having issues. So you know, playing that song today means a lot. Um, it was two years ago on Saturday that Triv passed away. Yeah, I saw I saw your post on that. Yeah, wow, that seems hard to believe. Oh, no, two, two years. years. But then I think about all the shit that's happened over the past two years. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was in my life or across the world. I mean, we're talking about. I mean, that year just sucked ass. I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, not... when, you know, Triv passing away was horrific, and then. Of course, I lost my job. I got COVID and then ended up in the hospital losing a leg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Probably not one you're going to look back on and say, man, what a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to remember that year. No, probably not. Probably. <laughs> and my internet will be out in about five. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hear a delay. Like, I hear, like. You have a delay? Now, yeah, like I like I can hear myself oh, like in my ear headphones, I think, or something. And, Hello, and now you're gonna talk. Oh boy, I'm here. I'm definitely here. Here we go. <laughs> well, kick out and come back. Ah, eh, whatever. Figure it out. <laughs> well, do it. Try and come out and go out and come back before before we get our guest on. I, that I will do. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, it's um, it's another another grand show, isn't it? <laughs> I'm looking forward to today. Actually, looking forward I am to too. Jeff Burton on, a, a director that Ophelia. I watched that on YouTube the other night, and it, for a short film, it's pretty intense, man. I, that's I, I I was amazed at how intense it was. It's you know, it's for people that have not watched it yet. Think um, Blair Witch. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm comparing it to. Is sort of Blair Witch, but way more intense because there's not a lot of fluff to it. It's just get to it and get in there, and it is dark. <laughs> yeah, it is, and, and but and it's good. I mean, one, but the first thing that my daughter said when I turned it on was, "It's Blair Witch." I, no, no, it's different. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not Blair Witch, but yeah, it has the same cinematography feel to it. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's very good. So we'll talk to him. Yeah, and I thought the actress in it, I forget what her name is, like Tigress or something. I forget what her name is. But um, I thought she was amazing. Like, yeah. she's totally, there's no hint at all that she's acting. She seems legitimately scared out of her fucking mind. Now, the only problem I had with her part. Yeah. Was, I don't know if I could do that part, because all you do is see, like, up her nostrils, like, half the... <laughs> Like directly up her nose. Like, yeah. <laughs> which I would hate. But yeah. It, it, I mean, but it, it was good. I thought it was great. I can't, you know, from watch. And let me ask you this: from watching the eighteen-minute short that that he put out for this. Yeah. Will you watch the full-length movie? 
Oh, without a doubt, yes. Yeah, that, and that's that's kind of what I got from it too. Is if, if he was just trying to show that he's got some got a great idea, he's got a great idea. It's oh, it's it's really good. <laughs> Hard to believe Blair Witch Project was twenty five years ago. It was graduating from high school at the time. I was in. I was still at MMS. I, yeah. I just started at MMS. And that was like before the internet was like totally prevalent. Like it had mm-hmm. stuff on it, but it wasn't like it is today where you just touch a button, you touch a letter, and it spells everything out for you. You can look up anything you want. Yeah. Now, I remember back then there was, do you remember the, the talk shows, the morning shows, were all trying to figure out if it was real or not? Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say is that you really, there was a time before that movie came out where you didn't know whether it was going to be fake or real stuff. Yeah. Then, I mean, it came out, somebody else you know, spoiled it. But uh, yeah, for a little while there. But that was back when porn was literally just JPEGs that you could yeah. look up. <laughs> yeah, it was it was slow-loading Alyssa Milano on, on whatever, on AOL. <laughs> Taking 30 minutes to download one photo of her running naked on a beach. Did you ever, yeah. Did you ever see Blair Witch 2? Yes, that wasn't. That wasn't very good. No. One was good because it had that mystique and then it was kind of cool the way that it was shot. Blair Witch mm-hmm. was a movie and it was good only because there was a couple of hot chicks that were naked in it a couple of times. But other than that, it wasn't very good. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. But um, yeah, Blair Witch 1. I think Blair Witch 1 was good too because we weren't sure if it was a movie or if it was a, a lost videotape that somebody found. Yeah. Somebody posted on TikTok, I just saw it today, supposedly a Halloween prank gone wrong. I think it ended up being like a Bam Margera fucking stupid thing. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was shot well. It just, you know. Right. Bam Margera. Yeah. Well, he's always known for his rational decisions. Oh, yeah. He's real good at what he does. What's <laughs> sad is like every girl that I dated when I was growing up, oh, I love Bam Margera. He's a great skateboarder. He's so cute. Blah, 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 blah. Except he's a drug addict, drunk loser who's now blown up like a balloon. Yeah, an asshole idiot. His brother's talented, Jess. Really? I don't know yeah, he's in that band CKY, and he's also in a band that I like called Viking Skull. Huh. You know, he's 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 like musical, and he's he's fucking phenomenal. I love it. Today's not the um, not the clean show, is it? Apparently not. <laughs> now, I, I've kind of given up. They, they seem to be like. They're rewiring the building up there, and everything is like a ginormous mess right now. Something. Okay. To, I'm holding off on anything until this stuff gets taken care of. Okay, so we can swear for for the I'm time being. Like a fucking sailor. <laughs> Very nice. I just feel bad for Natalie because Natalie's got to sit there and listen to it. But, Poor. Well, that's that's a shame. Well, it's a shame. Yeah. Well. Um. Well, I have I, news. You have news. This is what I was I was waiting for. There was big yes. news. Going to be announced on the other show that you're on after tonight's show, after our show. Yes. I demand uh, that we have the news first. Well, that's fine. Because when I posted that, as I was telling you before, I posted it thinking in the order I was actually doing my shows, not in the order they're going to be aired. So I, I did Chris Aiken Presents this morning. We recorded it. And that's when I announced it. So I was thinking, okay, well, I'll announce it here. Little, not even thinking that I was going to actually be seen here first. So, so, but it is big news. It's big news for, on the smallest level, 
for each of the individual shows on the CMS network, including this one. But on on the larger thing for the network itself, um, and just just to kind of set the table, you've been talking on this show about uh, Bob Franz um, getting picked up on the on the True Blue Network on yes. um, on Roku. Yes. Well, those those kind of channels, the True Blue Network being one of them, are called fast channels. Yes, fast channels. Yes. Well, we ad free, ad supported. Yeah, ad free, ad supported transmission. I think maybe. Well, now the CMS network has been picked up as a by a fast channel. Nice. We are now officially part of the Wowza TV network. Wow! All right. It's uh, WOWZATV.net is the website if people want to see the actual site. Um, I was watching us today on YouTube, or YouTube, on uh, Roku. Like, um, And it's on Roku. It's on Amazon Fire Sticks. I think it might be on Apple TV. I haven't tried all these things yet. I only tried Roku so far. But, um, yeah, the 24-7 live stream is up. It has been submitted to them, and uh, I was watching it earlier. And, um, you know, and I don't know if we're on. See if we're on right now. I have to accept the cookies first. Oh. (laughs) See. Yeah, but we are. We. um... I got an ad. All right. Well, then it's working. Skipping. I'm skipping in three seconds. Skip ad. Oh, there we are. We are. Hey, there we are. Look at that. Uh, yeah, there we are. Look at us. Yeah, but we are. I'll, I'll put it on the regular screen here. Well, that's fun. Yeah. There's the actual channel. So here we are. Look at us. Look at us on the channel. Have to accept the cookies first. Oh. <laughs> so we have arrived, my friend. There we go. Wowzatv.net. WowzaTV.net, 24-7 streaming of the Seth Williams show, uh, Chris Aiken Presents, Classic Metal Show, Live and Loud with the Lord, Good Company with Scott Bowling, uh, Talking Into Infinity, Today's Boondoggle, all, all the shows, all nine shows on the CMS network are now live on Roku, are on um, Amazon, um, everywhere. I, I think it's a huge step. And... You know, and the fact that they've got apps that are working and are up and there's another hundred channels with us, dude, I feel like we're like actually making a giant step forward. So that's great, man. I think that's very exciting. Yeah, I was. I didn't know anything about this. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Well, it's been coming together, but it, it hadn't come together. So I didn't say anything. I, I obviously I didn't even tell you behind the scenes. I didn't tell anybody behind the scenes. I wanted to make sure everything was right before before I said anything, you know. But I I it's the next step. I mean, it, look, I'm a realist as much as I'm a as much as I'm an adventure seeker. You know, I I love to build stuff and I love to say, oh, just come on over and follow this and watch on the website and do, you know, the website. How many times have I said that to you? We got to plug the website more. We got to plug the website yeah, more. Yeah. 
But I know I'm I'm not stupid. I know that we got to be in the in the places that people are. People got to see it. Yeah, and and convincing people to go somewhere that they're not is difficult. Well, and a lot of people have to they have to listen to the show to be able to see the True. to go to the website cuz that's the only place they're hearing about it. So yeah, no, this is this is eyes on the uh, on on the show that we didn't have yeah. before. That's good. Yeah, it's eyes and it's um it, it's a whole thing this Wowza network is a um think about it as like it is TV channels but it's also kind of like you know how like if you were watching I don't know ABC you could have you could you could watch it live or you could go and you could pick like episodes of the shows that you that you like and just watch them on demand this is very similar to that like i can upload each individual episode over to wowza as well and they'll be hosted there too so well that's kind of like what bob is doing too like you can get stuff on demand sure on a true blue app and just kind of go from it so that's kind of cool this is great yeah i was i was very 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 excited when I got the email saying, you've been approved. You are, your channel is now. And it's funny because I, I get an email and it just says you're approved. Well, I immediately I'm downloading the app on my Roku. You know, I'm like, oh, let me right. see if, you know, and I'm thinking I'm going to be disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I downloaded it. I was like, I'm never going to find our channels, you know. And sure enough, I went to the channel on the Roku and boom, right there. First channel, CMS yeah, Network. I popped that up. Or typed in wowsoftv.net. It was up there. Yeah, I was like, this is great. So, All right, which platform makes more money potentially? How should we watch? Um, I'll. Well, I'll tell right, you. Right, my, yeah, that's my question, Chris. So we're on this TV now. So when do, exactly do the paychecks start rolling in? Oh well, they're. I'm sure they're coming quickly. The large fat paychecks that I'm assuming this this show and channel well, is going to make for me. I'm going to tell you, it's not. And. <laughs> I will tell you though that part of the video, the video on demand part, and the and the being on here is that they will insert spots that we do get paid for. Oh, there you go. So there is there is that potential to to do that. Now I have I figured it all out yet? No. I mean yeah. I'm still I'm still figuring out, you know, I still gotta send them copies of my license and everything else for tax forms and all the other this is, this is cool though. I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm this is like the big time for today's world. You know, this really is gonna put a lot more eyes on it. As far as asking what's the best way to watch, well, since I've told Gunner who asked that question a million times, don't watch on YouTube, and he's checking in from YouTube, does it really matter what I say? Yeah, but see here's the thing, and I, I <laughs> What I like most about doing this show is the interaction between the people that are watching. And I agree. You know, YouTube and the, the SethWilliamShow.com are the only real places to do that interaction. I agree, but you said an alternate action that would that would work. Yeah, well, that's the SethWilliamShow.com. <laughs> and I get it. And I get it. You know, it, it's YouTube. Even though YouTube is a censoring pile of shit that I absolutely despise if it was up to me we wouldn't be on youtube the classic metal show is not on youtube live never i'll never put another live episode up there again after the after the flat earth show got us canceled i'll <laughs> yeah, never i know it canceled out seven thousand videos 
you know, so I'll never put another one of those up on, on YouTube again. That being said, this is a different audience. It's an older audience, I think. And it's an audience that, you know, goes where they're told, so to speak. YouTube's easy. Click it. It's there. So you can watch there. I, just think of it the, the way the best way I can explain this to people is if you want to watch it on your television set this is this is a very easy way to watch it on your television set wowza tv.net yeah wowza tv.net or the wowza the wowza app on your Roku yeah the wowza tv app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick or whatever other kind of box will you know like as we just said we just pulled it up and it worked so it's we're live right now on wowza tv yeah i see that uh, the interaction is the best part through the texting program the show would become more fun and personal i agree That's i agree I, too I, believe me i i spent part of this weekend you know because i have so much free time exploring other ways than Streamyard to do the show but Streamyard seems to be the best though because i mean like i even on Bob's show, they switch from Riverside to StreamYard because sure, the quality is just better. Mm-hmm. And, and dude, I the functionality I've, is better. And, and I and I've I don't I don't you probably didn't notice it, but I created new screens. I did notice that for us. Like here, here's a new screen. There's a the small talking screen. When our guest comes on, we could go to the one that says Chris, Eric, and guest, the, the one next to it, and the guest will be in the middle there. I kind of like that. That's it's nice. real nice. It actually works pretty nice. Um, if we were showing a video, let me find a video real quick. Now, here's a question. Here's a good question. Do they have a, a like a like a, a one-shot? So, say you were doing a show alone. Uh-huh. And you had a guest on. And yeah. you wanted to switch from just – from the two of you talking to just the guest talking and you not on the screen, is that possible? There's sure. No yeah, you can do the easiest way to do it is if you on the little window on the bottom. Yeah. The the box on the top left is a solo layout. So if I click you, there you are, but you can still hear me. And that's a solo shot. And then I take you off and then I'm right back in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely do that. You can do, I mean, you just got to get in here and play with all this junk, but. You know, I, I I actually built these new screens in like a couple of hours this morning. The let me find a video, just any video, real quick. All right, here's Marty Friedman from Megadeth. So here's a video. There's him playing, but here's a new new shot that we can do. Oh, that's cool. That's real good, right? Hell yeah! And we can do that with websites and everything else. We could just pop them right into that space. If we want to, I like that. So, yeah, I've been I've been trying my damnedest to make the make the show more gooder, so to speak. <laughs> uh, you know what I've been trying to do? Stay sane. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of what I did last night, and let's see if you laugh at me. All right, where are you sending it to? Text or phone? Yeah, I'm going to text it to you. Okay. And maybe you can put it up on the screen if you want to. But this is what my family did last night while I was at work because they know it makes me happy and they want me to be happy. Yeah, let's see. I texted it to you. See it? Yeah. Are you kidding me already? Dude, what is wrong with you? The entire, the entire house is done. Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> what in the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it's? I think it's a little early. No. It's it's like extremely early. No, it's not. <laughs> that's what yeah, that's what my house is. I'm trying to. It's currently done. But this is see now 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 you're making me show how how much I don't like Streamyard sometimes because you can't just <laughs> pop up a fucking picture. Is this it? I don't even know if this is it. No, that's not it. Shit, I can't find it now. He's hold on. You can tell people what it is, and I'll pop it up here in a minute. Well, last night, because, you know, I figure with all the stuff that's going on in the world, I don't get a whole lot of downtime because I'm working a lot, which is good. I'm not bitching about that. I like that. But, you know, I need happiness. I need some cheer in my life. And so last night, uh, my family, while I was at work until 1230 in the morning, um, Put up the Christmas tree <laughs> and decorated everything in the house. I have my mantle is done with little Santas all over the place. I got uh, gingerbread men hanging from the upstairs balcony area. I've got garland surrounding all the banisters going upstairs. And yeah, it's a uh, my house has been Christmasified. It's not even Halloween yet. Well, I still got the skeleton on the front door because I don't <laughs> want anybody to know that I did it inside. <laughs> but the uh, holiday mats are outside, like the uh, gnomes are on a... Right. There you go. There it is. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't even be bothered with this stuff until, like, two days before Christmas. Does it look pretty? <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. See? I'll not... Dude... I, I my my friend uh, Stephanie, her friend um, came over to my house one one year in December, and um, she looked around. She's like, "You don't have a Christmas decoration anywhere," and I really didn't. I didn't have not one decoration up. <laughs> and um, and she's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna get you some Christmas decorations," and she actually took the time to she bought. Uh, an air freshener from like AutoZone or something, and she like drew like holiday lights on it and sent it to me as a joke. To this day, ten years later, it's the only Christmas um, anything that I have. Yeah, that's awful. See, I should have taken a picture of like the mantle and everything because there's lights strung strung across that. I got uh, my wife bought like four different kinds of Santas. One's like in a chef outfit. One's in- right. And they're all throughout the house. Yeah, like everything has been. The only problem is I put like I have this magnetic calendar that I put up. It's supposed to tell you how many days until Christmas. Well, I can't really start it because it's still a couple months out. But right. Yeah, but it's still hanging at least. That's funny. Everything has been. Now you're you got you have the dog. The dog's not gonna fuck with all this stuff. No, the tree's beginning to cover in dust. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, it is two months. It's two cheery, happy months, though. Yeah, but who's going to get under there and clean the dust off of that, Look, that well, red rag or whatever that is? It's not a red rag. It's a tree skirt. That's a red rag. It's a tree skirt. It looks like a Santa Claus outfit. Yeah. You can see the wreath hanging on the door in the background. Yeah. And it looked like an old homeless guy's skin by Christmas. <laughs> It'd be all gray from dust. 
you know, the other thing is we got a new TV a while back, and the old TV is still sitting in the corner. <laughs> that TV was, was going. And so we needed to get rid of it. And is it an old box TV? No, it, but I mean, TVs are like extraordinarily cheap now. Like, really. Oh, cheap. yeah. Mm hmm. Well, you can get a 65. Yeah, dude, what, what's funny is um, I have. Um, in my bedroom, even today, 11 years ago, I was given a TV. Like when I was going through my divorce, um, one of my friends gave me this TV. It's big TV, It's a, but it's old school. It's a big box TV. Yeah. And this damn thing, I, I mean, it literally weighs about 150 pounds. Yeah. Those it is a big-ass heavy TV. And I took it off of the... Like I had it up on a dresser for about a day, and then I just was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go buy a flat screen." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I was for a minute I was trying to save because I didn't know what I was gonna do with um, you know, with my um, you know, with my life or anything else as I was yeah. mired in depression of divorce. So I had this TV, you know, and I, and I my friend Carrie gives me the TV, and I was like, "Oh, thanks," and I. I had to bring it in the house with a wagon because it was so goddamn heavy. I couldn't carry it. And um, so I brought it in and I put it on the thing for a day. And then I was like, nah, I'm going to buy a big screen. I went out, I bought a big screen. I put the TV on the floor. It's still on the floor 11 years later. Yeah. Because I, I just don't have a, any way to get it out. Back when I, I went a little bit crazy at one point in my life and I had to take like um, like these antidepressant things. Whatever. I was working like 24 hours a day, literally. Okay. Hours, sleeping underneath the desk at work. Sure. But I went a little bit nuts, and so they put me on these antidepressants, whatever, anxiety medicines, whatever they are. And all they did was make you happy. And then when right. you're not happy, you just wanted to spend money. And <laughs> so I bought like a $3,000 you know, big screen TV back in the day. Right. cost back in the day. And it was only like 42 inches, but it was one of these big console things. And the thing weighed as much as a car. <laughs> it was just insane <laughs> trying to move this stupid TV all over the place. Now, we we bought not that you know, a little while ago, we bought like a 65-inch TV. Right. Because the, the wall behind the TV that's on the floor there mm -hmm. is really big. And so that TV, which is only like 50-inch, looked like it was a 19-inch TV <laughs> compared <laughs> to this wall that isn't you know, behind it. Right. So literally, it was $300 for a 65-inch smart TV. Jeez, that is cheap. That's cheap. And it works in pictures, great 4K TV. It's nice. Sure. Dude. My, my dad said TV corner along with 12 vacuum cleaners. <laughs> there's a problem. I do, I, there's a picture somewhere that I have. Of, we do have literally like 12 vacuums because they always break. We have these pets and shed everywhere. Right. Before all we had was carpet. Now we got like hardwood floors, which is nice. But we we've gone through like twelve vacuum cleaners, and we've only been married for eighteen years. We have twelve different vacuum cleaners. <laughs> we go through at least like one a year. I think there was like a second time where we didn't. Uh, Why do you keep them? Why don't you throw them away? I don't know. It's almost like a collection now. Like I'm <laughs> worth something someday, like vintage vacuum or something. <laughs> 
Yeah, how many vacuum um, exhibits have you been to in your life? Well, I'm going to have the first then. <laughs> I can charge admission because they're, they're like, it's, it's insane how we've broken all these vacuum cleaners. Yeah. Dude, you, you know what the sad part is? There's probably somebody out there that would go and see this. Dude, yeah. I, there, there's a guy I know, and um, I, I was working with them for a while, and he built and opened out in Arizona a Last Supper museum. And in the museum is nothing but different exhibits and paintings of the Last Supper, whether it's heavy metal Last Supper or Lego Last Supper or Last Supper made out of cigarettes or made out of Play-Doh or whatever. Anything Last Supper he has. It's the weirdest goddamn collection ever. And in my mind, I'm like, who would go to see this? Who would go out of their way to see this thing? But it's a viable business, and people go and see it. It's funny that you say that because in the hallway next to where that tree is, there's a Last Supper picture. Well, if it's if it's a rare one, I I know who it's you can not. sell it to. It's not. It, it literally came from like uh, yeah. TJ Maxx or something like that. Yeah. Like Twelve dollars. Well, if it was like with the Muppets or something, then I could tell you you could get big money for that. See, now that that would be kind of fun, actually. I know he has one that's all like like one that's like all the members of Slipknot, <laughs> you know, sitting around the Last Supper table. <laughs> Everybody thinks that I'm crazy because I put up the tree, and it's like no, I, I like coming home and having just some happiness surround me. Isn't so isn't the fact that you're coming home to that gorgeous house enough happiness? I'm always happy. I'm happy with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying I like the Christmas time. Mm. I I enjoy that time. I hate the snow. But I like that time of year where I can kick back, relax, and enjoy the pretty lights and stuff like that. And that's, you know, it's my happy. Are you bad sweater guy, too? I, I do have a Santa sweater <laughs> in my closet. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm just that, that guy. You're I'm, one of those. You're, you're, you're like Mick Foley, the wrestler. Like, everything's, everything does not compare to December. I'm Clark Griswold. I mean, that's my... <laughs> Yeah. Well, the problem that I have is that like I can't. We're, here we're not allowed to decorate the outside of the house until like two or three weeks before Christmas. Uh, homeowners association. And so it's like I'm itching to put up stuff outside. I'm going to try to put some signs and stuff out there, but I don't think I can get away with lights. Wow, that's just why. Why are these homeowners associations even in in existence? Well, as long as they, I guess they pay for my roof and my gutters, so I'm happy about that. But yeah, that's nice. But I mean, come on, what right do they have to tell you what the hell you can do with your house? Put it out, yeah. Put out. I think there's some. I think my dad might even live in a place where they have like a, you can't paint your house whatever color you want to paint it. It's going to be yeah. this color or that color. Like around that's, here, like the color is like alternate white and gray, yeah. white and gray. Well, depending on who who the who the association is, there's there's ones that you can't have signs and you can't. My my friend Neely said that he can't leave his car in his driveway. Really? Yeah, he has to pull it into his garage. I think here they might have somewhere you have to have at least one of your cars. If you have two, you got to have at least one in the garage. In the garage. What kind of? What difference does it make? I paid for that. That's my space. Yeah, if I want to point, if I, I want to put my car on the lawn, I'm going to put it there. That's my space. You know, 
just away from a bunch of just to feel like they have power and power hungry. That's true. Homeowners association people are shit. Just total shit bags. Well, I mean, I agree that you should be able to do what you want to do. Yeah, I, I mean, within reason. Okay, if we don't want it to look like Ma and Pa Kettle's yard with a, you know, washer and dryer in the front yard or whatever, but yeah, I, I can't paint a swastika on my garage door. Yeah, that's probably improper. I get it. Um, yeah. But if I want to put up Christmas lights a month before Christmas, I should be able to put it up. Well, from what I see at the colleges, you might be able to put the swastika up these days. That's another thing. I mean, we got our guests coming up in like 10 minutes, but that, that's getting out of control. Yeah, it is. These kids are just, I mean, there was a story today out of Cornell where uh, a couple of the, uh, there was a chat forum where literally they called Jewish people rats and said, follow them around and slit their throats. No. And people are okay with this. Yeah, they're just like, ah, cool, whatever. And people are all right with that. Mm-hmm. I know it's. I'm I'm I keep my guns closer and closer every single day. You know because I, you know I mean, I have I mean I have a pistol, and I re, and I mean I live I live in Twinsburg. It's not like Twinsburg is hardly a hub for bad anything. Yeah, you're not you're not in some East Side ghetto here. No. Yeah, I mean I think there's been <laughs> two shootings in twenty years in the town. You know, I mean, it really is a, a pretty safe neighborhood, but I've started carrying it now just because you don't know. I see enough videos on X that I'm just like, uh-uh. I'm not going to be one of them guys. I'm not going to be one. Of, I watched one the other day, made me think of you in, in the worst way possible. Okay. So it was a guy, it was a guy and a girl delivering DoorDash. They delivered, they started backing up, a crowd of fucking animals comes around them, starts beating on the windows, breaking the windows of the car, whatever. They get the door open, they pull the passenger out, and the wife who was driving drove away to save her own ass, because she was going to get killed too. And this guy just got delivered hell, he may have died, I don't know, They, they beat him until they stopped the video. But they just beat the lid. And it's like, what the hell? You're out trying to make, you know, you're, you're out just trying to make a couple bucks dropping somebody off a burger. You know how pissed I'd be if my wife took off the car and left my fat ass laying on the ground. Okay, but somewhere. would you or would you not? Would you would you be more pissed if she stayed and took the same beating? Well, I don't want her to get beat up, but I don't want her to just leave me there. At least back up and run over him or something. Well, that's, and then and then the worst part is if she did that, then she'd go to jail. All right, there's consequences for every action. I, yeah, I agree, dude. Well, I agree. You're not just leave me sitting on the ground getting my ass kicked. This is why I carry. I know there'll be a consequence if I shoot somebody in the face that's trying to break into my car. I accept those consequences. You know, I, I mean, it, it's it's it just sucks that we're in that world now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, and I thought about that the other day because I've been downtown now a few different times uh, for this TV thing and. You know, there's an alley that I got to walk down the right. parking lot to where to go into this building where the studios are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's when it gets a little bit dark, it's a little bit of a scary alley. There's not a whole lot of people down there. It doesn't get a whole yeah. lot of traffic. It's not a main road. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, now you kind of push me over and I'm going to be going down. Right. 
So you I really, feel like I should probably start, you know, carrying. You should carry, dude. You really should carry. With my condition that I'm in now, I think I should be carrying. You should absolutely be carrying. Look, I don't care if you're perfectly healthy, you should be carrying. Three guys, if you're in a dark alley, you're gonna get you you're gonna get killed and nobody's gonna know. You know, nobody's gonna know because you're in an alley. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like if they do it on Ninth Street where somebody will see it and honk their horn or jump out of their car or something. No, this is a, an alley with not a whole lot of traffic at all. Yeah. Because it's kind of like a back door to get into the uh, the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you should absolutely be carrying, dude. Once windows are broken and drag a person out of a vehicle, we have a right to defend ourselves with any means necessary. Yeah, I, I understand that part. But how far do you let it go? I'm not letting him drag me out of the car. The car needs to be part of my weapon to get out of there. Yeah. Hey, I'm not letting somebody just drag me out of the car. Fuck no. I can defend myself. <laughs> I saw a video again. X is the place to see all the crime that's going on everywhere. <laughs> X is just an absolute gutter right now. Yeah, it's blown up, blown up into something disgusting. But it's it, 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 but it's it's reality. It's, yeah. You know, that's the sad part. But I was watching one the other day. I think it was in England, maybe. And a bunch of these idiots were doing the thing where they jumped in front of a truck and, you know, sat down on the road in front of the truck. Yeah. This, this dude just mowed them over. Yeah, I saw it seemed like a, uh, a video of like a, a big truck or a bus or something like yeah. that. Yeah climate guys step in front of it and the guy's just like i'm going yeah he gave him fair warning to move and he started inching slow yeah. and they and they laid down on the road he's like i'm out Let's so he's right over top of him yeah and if point, they're all dead good at that point you become a speed bump i mean that's, yeah. that's the reality of it and i'm sorry but if they're dead then they're dead they killed themselves you know right. so all right, let's take a quick break. What do you say? And then we'll get right. to our guest, Jeff. Yes. Coming up, talking about his movie. Uh, looking forward to talking to him. So we'll do that in uh, just a couple of minutes. So hang on. All right. Advertise your business or service today on The Seth Williams Show. We offer video commercial advertising live and in rebroadcast of our show daily. Commercials are permanently placed within the video on demand segments of our show, which are available on the CMS Network, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and CMS TV. Web graphic advertising is also available on the SethWilliamsShow.com. Get your business, service, or band the recognition it deserves by advertising on a great show like The Seth Williams Show. Email us at sales at the SethWilliamsShow.com today. Let us work with you to improve awareness about you. There's no place like home, and whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. Hey everybody, it's Don Dockin. When I'm feeling nostalgic, I always go to Pinball PA. You gotta go check it out, it's a lot of fun. 
When you want to have fun in Pennsylvania, there's only one place to go, Pinball PA. Located near the Pittsburgh airport, we have over 420 classic pinball machines and arcade games that you can play. Admission starts at only $24.99. Want to have a party? Well, there's no better place than Pinball PA. Visit our website today at www.pinballpa.com to get more information or to book your next small or large party. Pinball PA, it's where the action is. I know it sounds crazy, but I've got to find the others. Why are you in my room? Please don't hurt me. You're not supposed to be in my room. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'll go. Just let me go. You scared Miss Polly. I'm truly sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm just trying to leave here. You can't leave. Why can't I leave? Daddy says you're next. Daddy. Digging it, man. It's scary stuff, dude. It is. And now we welcome the man behind it. Uh, Jeff Burton, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? We are fantastic. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, long time since I've seen you. I know. Good to see you, Chris. <laughs> well, it's it's great to see you once again, man, and um, glad to be here to talk to you once again about Ophelia. What a great short film, man! It's fantastic. I appreciate that. Well, why don't why don't uh, we start with you know giving the audience a little rundown on what the movie's about and um, how you came to creating it? Well. Uh... I wanted to do a short film that kind of uh, got people introduced to this horror universe that I'm putting together. You know, lots of different films that intertwine with each other, like the way Blumhouse did uh, with their with their early library and what have you. <clears throat> and tie that with the fact that I grew up very close to a, a psychiatric hospital outside of Detroit, and used to go there in high school and scare myself. It, it closed down in the eighties. Um, but all that kind of sat with me and had a germ of an idea, you know, that that's how everything always starts. It's like, well, I wonder what if, and that's how it snowballed. And I've got three really solid screenplays for feature films. And oftentimes when you're trying to raise money to do uh, independent movies, you'll put together a lookbook and you'll put together, you know, a performance sheet and similar movies and what they did and, you know, all this other stuff. And I've done that in the past to raise money for movies. And this time I just wanted to make a proof of concept short film so potential investors and fans and things could see it and go, oh, well, yeah, they let's see a full length version of this. Right. And that's how it all started. So we took, um, you know, a, a hundred page screenplay. And then I said, well, 
I don't just want to do the first couple minutes, then some middle segment, then, you know, the ending, you finally get a scare. Right. I wanted to do something where what if we started with the lead character? Everything's already gone wrong. All of her team is missing and she's the last one left and she's scared crapless. Right. And that that was it. Start a start a horror short in the 11th hour and take it to the finish line. Right. And you know what the interesting thing is with Ophelia is the way you did it, you could have fleshed it out, but you really don't need to. Just starting exactly where it is, it's you know, it's it's kind of that whole start in the middle of the chaos and people adapt right to where you are. It's it's kind of a brilliant piece of writing that you did there to actually position it in a way so that you don't feel lost even though you kind of are right well and and part of that was on purpose i wanted the viewer to do two things i wanted you to feel like you were in the house too right so if you look if you watch this with headphones on or you listen to it with a nice uh sound system on your tv or whatever you're gonna feel immersed in it and then the second thing is is i wanted the audience to feel they were lost in this house too. They couldn't get out. Like you should be able to get out of a house, right? Right. <laughs> but in this particular case, you can't. Right on. So yeah. what got you really into the horror genre, the whole growing up and everything else? Yeah, you know, I, I grew up uh, with movies like Halloween, Friday the 13th, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, that's kind of what really got me going. My mom took me to the theater when I was just a real little kid, like probably shouldn't have did that, but uh, we went to go see Halloween and I was just the minute that ding, 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 is the minute that started, I was like, I want to do that. And nice. what that really led to was early on, I, I became a musician in college. I started my first band, me and my guitar player, best buddy. We, we bought a four-track recorder. We got addicted to recording. Then we bought an eight-track reel-to-reel recorder, and we got really good at layering. Sure. You know, and then I bought a 16-track, and that's when my whole life opened up, was I had a really nice one-inch analog 16-track reel-to-reel like they did Rumors and you know some of the, the great stuff from the 70s that still sonically sounds amazing today. Once I got that and started recording song after song after song after song. Eventually, when my band uh, days, I felt like they were winding down, I wanted to score movies. So okay. I made the first movie just so I could score it. Huh. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but, you know, I made enough money off of the soundtrack and, and whatever, because I recorded 16 bands for the soundtrack in my studio. I put out CDs. I did what this, uh, what you call Bruin Views, where I would have a, a band open up the night. I would show my movie. Then I would have a band close the night that okay. were on the soundtrack. So their fans would buy copies of this CD and, I'd, you know, get money from the door. I'd sell DVDs. I took that money, lived on for a year and made the second movie. So people might forget the first movie. <laughs> And got a little bit better and a little bit better. And sure. eventually, 
I ended up taking about seven plus years off of making movies so I could get better at writing the movies. Okay. And Excellent. that's where we're at now is at the end of that seven year period, I've got a handful of screenplays ready to go. I did a proof of concept with the Ophelia short film that mm -hmm. is doing really well in the, the film festival circuit. And now we're just looking to, to partner up and make some movies. Sure. So what do you it? think that the time times today are a little bit more difficult when it comes to making movies? Cause now everything is on Netflix. Everything's on Hulu. Everybody's coming out with stuff that's streaming as opposed to people actually going to theaters. Is, is there a big difference? you're noticing yeah you know i i believe and i i mentioned this earlier to chris i th i think independent filmmakers and filmmakers in general are kind of like at a perfect storm moment in history where there's all those streaming sources but we had covid and for two years basically next to nothing got made so there was there was a need for content and just as soon as that starts to regulate again, we get the Writers Guild strike and the Screen Actors Guild strike. So once again, for six months, there's no content being made. Right now is the perfect time to have a completed piece of, of material. If it's, if it's good enough, you're going to sell it. And... I believe that all the outlets that are available now are actually helpful, sure. especially right this minute. Because I was wondering if it was going to be helpful or if it would be hurtful because there's going to be so many different people and different, you know, people putting stuff out if it would be just oversaturated. I think you, you have to do something that's that is going to separate yourself from the pack. Of course there's going to be a lot of there's a lot of great filmmakers out there. There's a lot of young people not you know who haven't had their chance yet. They're trying to break in. You know, technology's so cheap these days. You know, you can get a a 4K HD, you know, handycam and you can basically make a decent, you know, project. I did Ophelia with a GoPro a single face light and a handheld and a flashlight. Wow. That's wow. what I shot the whole thing with. And it looks great. It does. It does look great. Let, let, let me, let me kind of piggyback on, on, on the question about the content, just cause I want to kind of go the other way. And, and I think, and again, this is my opinion. I think that one of the biggest boons right now for horror in general is the fact that we're getting a lot of bad movies that are big money, you know, and I don't want you to comment on them. Cause I know that could cause you a problem, but I can name off the top of my head, like Halloween ends. And I'm just naming stuff that got killed like rotten tomatoes and whatnot. Halloween right. ends or they, them um, with uh, Kevin Bacon. And, you know, a lot of these types of movies that are big money and, you know, big names are in them and whatnot. And they, they stink. And it, it's, I honestly think that that probably helps be helps a smaller creator like yourself because it's, it's no longer just accepted that, well, the movie got a hundred million dollar budget. So it's good. Right. You know, now it, we're in a, we're in a unique time, I think with, uh, with video where 
the amount of money spent does not matter. What matters for people, people are looking for dialogue. They're looking for something that makes sense. They're looking for something that challenges them. And I think it really opens the door for a guy like yourself. Do you agree? I do agree. I, I think it's been proven time and time again that, you know, Hollywood sometimes believes that if you throw money at the problem, it's going to fix it. And one of the things I've noticed, because I've surrounded myself with people who all started in independent filmmaking. And what you have to do there is you've got to be creative and quick thinking and Some, most of the time, there is no money to throw at the problem. So right. what are you going to do? Like, perfect example, and I'm going to give a little tiny spoiler uh, for Ophelia, but there was a moment where I was supposed to be able to uh, snap somebody in back in, uh, backwards in half. Okay. That was going to be the scare. And you know, time was ticking. You know, I, I shot this with a great young actress, uh, you know, Helena Perry, you know, she, she did great for her first, her first film. She's a horror fan. Her parents are horror fans and rockers and she loves paranormal investigation TV shows. So I knew that I could work with her and I knew that I could get what I needed, uh, in collaboration with her. The issue is she's a little girl. Right. So she had a bedtime. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and that's that's part of it. And and that's okay because my kids had a bedtime too. And I, I completely understood. That being said, I didn't have time to do something. I didn't I didn't freak out. I didn't have a panic attack. I didn't run away. It's like, okay, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And that's because I did, you know, nine feature films before this, where a dozen things happens every day that you have to, to work through. And I think sometimes that we call those happy accidents. Like it wasn't meant to happen, but thank God it did because it's better than what was originally supposed to happen. That's, that's part of it. Uh, I, I think that's an important part of this independent filmmaking is being okay with just riding it out and be a quick thinker, be creative. Uh, yeah. Let's see. That's one of the things I like about Ophelia. I thought it, it's very cool. What I've seen, you know, 15 minutes, whatever that I've seen so far, but Hollywood lately has been, in my opinion, lazy. They keep putting out the same kind of movies or the same kind of, same kind, the same movies. The Transformers same movie. 6. Or put out The Little Mermaid and change the cast or whatever it is. They're going to put out the same crap that they keep putting, that they've already put out. And so it's nice to see some refreshing new kind of stuff happening. And, and that, I think that's fun. Well, I, I really believe that, you know, one of, one of the things that we get with age is wisdom. Right. And we get experiences. And because when I was a little kid, I saw Halloween and Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Jaws and that stuff. And then as a teenager, we're getting into the the 80s and, and early 90s with, you know, even Halloween 2, I think, is a great movie. Halloween 3, I loved, which people, some, a lot of people don't, don't get it. But all that coming in and then Scream 
in the late 90s changed everything again. It mixed it all up and allowed you to kill your lead actress in the first 10 minutes of a movie like Hitchcock did with Psycho in the 60s. And, you know, then we had a little breath of fresh air with with some of the the Jeepers Creepers and the first couple Final Destinations and whatever. And, you know, so you take that and you mix it with, I think, you know, Blumhouse had a really good model early on where they they weren't using big budgets and they were they were using more creativity and, and better ways to scare people and what have you. And being myself taking all that and feeding it in and then regurgitating it. Like I can watch my stuff and I can be like, oh, there's a little homage to John Carpenter. Oh, there's a little sure. homage to, you know, Annabelle creation and, you know, the nun and and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's nice to sit back and, and see what influenced you. Sure. Do you think that the, um, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to guess I'm going to say maybe late nineties to maybe 2015. So about a 20 year swing where everything was, what, what do you call it? Murder porn or gore porn or whatever, yeah. you know, the hostels and the saw yeah. or whatever. I personally believe that's where horror kind of lost its way for a while because it was just shocked to be shocking. And like I, my favorite horror movie of all time is magic. And I don't know if you've ever seen, even seen magic. It was not a big movie at all, but I've seen it a dozen times. Yeah. When I was a kid. It was on cable and that was, you only got like 12 movies. So you yeah. your favorite ones and you saw it over and mm-hmm. over and over. Exactly. But, yeah, but that creeps me out. And, and the writing in it and the, the way they built suspense with just camera shots on that, on the puppet, you know, just, just the zoom in or the zoom out. It it was the little things. They didn't have to slice somebody's skull open to, to be scary. And I think for me personally, I got out of horror for a while because every time I turned it on, it was kind of the same thing. It was, well, Hostel's going to outgore Saw 2. And then here comes Saw 3 to outgore what Hostel did. And, you know, I think they lost their way. And I I love that there's guys like you that are bringing back thought-inducing horror because that's the, the, the biggest thing to scare anybody is their brain, not, not what they see. That's the perfect way to say it, because as, as a young filmmaker, we all try to emulate our, you know, you got a guy walking around with a knife and OK, I got that out of my system. Then it was, you know, which one of my friends is going to kill me? I got that out of my system. You know, you, you, you have to cut your teeth. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe what you just said is exactly correct, where I like the idea of. And I think it happens a few times in Ophelia where either you think you see something. Yeah. Or maybe you did see something and that's messing with you or just waiting like that anticipate. Okay. Is it around this corner? Is it around this corner? You know, that, that, to, and, and sometimes you don't give it to them. That's, yeah. I got a piece of advice from Sam Raimi one time. He had said, uh, in general, like he said this in public, uh, the less you see of the guy in the rubber mask, the better. That's that's paraphrasing. You know, he's mm-hmm. probably a better way of saying it. 
but the, I think that's important that sometimes what you don't see is better than what you do see. Sure. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and if you look at the, most of the movies that are considered the all time greats, they build the suspense, the exorcist, you know, I, I, are there some blatant scenes in it? Yes. But the bulk of what scares you is the, what was that noise and mm-hmm. who's making the noise and you know, why are those stairs creaking and you know. Right. And I'm that, not the first person to say this, but Hitchcock was was the master and you know he said again paraphrasing it's not if I wanted to blow up a room with people in it, I would scare the audience for for 10 seconds and that's cool. Sure. But if I put a bomb in the room show the audience that the bomb is there ticking down backwards and the people in the room have no idea. I've got them for as long as I want them. Right. How I, I know I'm rambling because I, I love movies. Okay. As you can tell, I, I love, love this stuff. Guys, so I'm good. But when I, I have always thought, and this guy never gets credit for being horror. I think he's one of the all time innovators of horror, even though he's not, considered part of the genre i always thought that rod serling's writing ability was the perfect setup for horror the way he thought so far out of the box but by the end of 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever the the little scene was that he was doing he told that story and scared the hell out of you i thought he was amazing where did where does a guy like that stand for you top five Okay, right. I could, I could, I could, we could hang up and get on the phone and talk every single Twilight Zone episode. Absolutely, I'm, I'm addicted to Rod Serling, and I'll take it one step further. After Twilight Zone went off the air, what show? Do you remember what show? Dark he had? Shadows. Uh, no, close. The Night Gallery. Oh, Night Gallery. Yeah, yeah. And that was even creepier because it had that really haunting opening theme music mm-hmm. and the weird 70s graphics and what have you. And then they were all these paintings in this gallery of doom. And it was like Twilight Zone, but it was a little more sinister. Sure. He got me to think of, if you think of M. Night Shyamalan's movies, hopefully I'm Mm -hmm. saying his name correctly, they're like 90-minute Twilight Zones. Right. You can tell he was specifically, uh, you know, emulating and and paying homage to Rod Serling. And I think anybody that's into suspense and horror, he really was one of the first horror masters because a lot of those, he didn't have money, but you're talking about this, a a complete episode with a girl in a hospital bed with bandages on her face because Mm -hmm. she didn't want to be ugly anymore. And they take the bandages off 22 minutes later and it's Donna Dixon, Ellie Mae Clampett. Right. <laughs> She's gorgeous. And all the doctors are like gasping and they turn to them and they have these pig noses. And right, right, right. <laughs> you know, she's still ugly. You know, yeah. What a great twist. Sure. It's fine. Now now, you're, now we're going to get going. See, <laughs> I like M. Night movies. I like M. Night movies, but he did miss on one. When he had the grass get angry at people, that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, yeah angry grass. Missed me a little bit. Yeah. But other than that, I thought his movies were pretty great. 
<laughs> well, with, with Twilight Zone, I, I'll tell you, my, I don't even know the name of the episode. I just know what happened in it. My favorite episode, which is the most spooky, and I think it's the most spooky because I could literally see it happening to me, is the one where the there's the guy and his wife that own the little pawn shop or whatever it is, and they get a bottle and they drop the bottle and the genie comes out and they give them the three wishes, but they have to wish carefully. And each time they make a wish, it's worse than the next. Right. And, and one, the genie is so creepy. I don't know who that guy was, but he was so creepy, but just the way it was, you know, he's warning them. He's telling them, think about what you're wishing for. Think about it. Think about it. And they're like, no, no, I need money. I need all this money. And then they, right. He gets all the money, and next thing you know, he owes four times what he wished for because of taxes and, right. and you know, and it, it, the just I'm a dialogue guy. I'm you know, give me a dialogue movie anytime, and I'll I will sit there if there's no action in it and watch three hours of dialogue. And I I think Serling was the best at getting to the point and writing it and. He couldn't have spent five hundred dollars on any episode of the Twilight. I know, Zone. and and it didn't matter because yeah. you were hooked mm -hmm. at all time. What about the one where a guy flips a coin into the thing and it lands on its end? Yeah, and he can read people's thoughts until it falls over at the end. Right. Or people in this cylinder thing, a clown, a dancer, and they're trying to climb and get out or what have you. And the whole time there's this gonging bell and whatever, and they fall. And eventually at the very end, one of them gets out and falls to the ground. And it's a little action figure that falls in the snow. And there's a person there with a, you know, a Salvation Army bell. Right. And they pick it up and throw it back into the bin. <laughs> yeah. How twisted. Yeah, I, Who thinks of that? I'm a, I'm a radio guy. So I listen to like literally the old Twilight Zone radio episodes all the time. Like, yeah. Like, uh, Spotify at night when I go to bed. But uh, what's your favorite movie? Other than Ophelia, what was your favorite movie making experience? I did a movie called Dead End Road for no money, uh, but it was kind of the first time that it was a little bit, a few more people were working on it. And I was able to have Dennis Haskins, who played Principal Belding on Saved by the Bell. Yeah. I was able to have D. Wallace Stone, who was the mom in E.T. and Cujo and the Howling. Uh, I had Jason Carter, who was in Babylon 5. So I had a combination of people who had been around the block and people who were just breaking into the business. But it was still me. I don't think I used a tripod on maybe two or three shots in the whole wow. thing. Like, I like... I like it when the camera's in there and, and the audience feels like they're that extra person in the room. Sure. And Definitely. that was a blast because, you know, principal building for God's sakes, <laughs> like, oh, like, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty magical uh, just meeting those people. And then when you're directing them and they're hanging on every word and in your mind, you're like, this is really weird. They're paying attention. You know, that that's when I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this. Sure. Are there any, are there any characters 
that and I and I'm specifically t- talking about the character that they've been written, not the guys. But are there any characters where you see them in a movie and you're like, that sparks something I should be doing, or that sparks an idea for you to write a, a treatment or a screenplay or something? A lot of times, it's it's not really uh, characters from movies as much as as a, a circumstance or a situation uh, that just out of the blue hits me. Like usually in movies, what gets me is the music. I want to do some music like that or sure. some sound design like that or a certain style of of shooting like in in a lot of John Carpenter's uh, early stuff. He had a guy named Dean Kundi who I can just tell his shots like every time now I can watch, you know, uh, uh, an old Carpenter movie and I can tell you if Dean was the cinematographer or not. And that's what really gets me in movies. The the other stuff, um, you know, where you're just kind of sitting around thinking and you, you pass a sign or, you know, I'll give one away here because I've I've copyrighted the the treatment but one of them started with the simple thought of sometime in the future you're going to be thought about for the last time wow (laughs) that's heavy (laughs) that's heavy like it could be a hundred years it could be 300 years what you don't know what the number is right but eventually you'll be thought of for the last so who is that person thinking of you for the last time and where can you take this idea? Right. That excites me. Yeah. And and when you really dig into that and think about it, it's probably somebody you never know, not related. Right. Somebody that saw your name because you knew somebody that their grandfather knew. Right. Or Doing something. research for yeah. something completely different. Or they wow. find a, a painting in some old, you know, Victorian house somewhere and they do the research or like, and what if you kept that person's spirit? It was about to cross over because that's when you get to cross over might be when you're thought of for that last time. Right. What if this person doesn't cross over because this person is now infatuated with this, this sure. person and you know, right. that's exciting. I'm going to throw a suggestion, which who am I? I'm just some dummy, but <laughs> here's the suggestion. They can cross over, but they won't find out who that last person is. Right. Or they can stay and find out. Right. But then they don't get to cross over. I like they get stuck idea. in purgatory. Yeah, you're actually giving the ghost a a reason, a, a, yeah. a plot a subplot of their own. <laughs> wow. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. See what amazing. I mean? That's that's the fun part of it. Like I, I I have a lot of quotes in my life, like David Gilmore says, surround yourself by people better than you and you can't go wrong. Sure. You know, could you imagine being somehow better than David Gilmore in a band? (laughs) You know, there's a lot of little quotes uh, that, you know, you can you can take from different places and you can apply them to your circumstances. And that's what can help you evolve as as an artist. Sure. Uh, Jeff, do you, do you get, well, I mean, backtrack. I get annoyed when characters that I grew up with 
are bastardized by money. Chucky as a series on USA. Freddy Krueger redo. Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Alien versus Predator. You know, it's like, eh, just leave the leave the legacy. Don't spoil right. it for cash. As a as a fan, I'm gonna assume you're like me with that. But as a somebody that makes these kind of movies and tries is obviously trying to generate income as well. Do you understand the, the thought of doing that? Yeah. So I, I agree with you that Hollywood should spend a little more of their time on developing independent filmmakers to have new creative things. Like I, I think that I've developed a horror universe that's it's familiar sure but it's a new take on a lot of things and it doesn't have to be annabelle seven you know what i mean so right with what you're saying is i agree with you but let me throw this at you if it to me it's no different than you know somebody who wrote a good song in the 70s who finally got their licensing rights back through arbitration and and all this stuff. And somebody who idolized them is now in a position to do a cover version of their song. And that person gets all these royalties because Fallout Boy just did a cover of your your song from the set or, or whatever the case may be. So what I'm saying is with a lot of these Hollywood movies, if the original writers and and filmmakers maintained the right and they either uh, sold the rights and and made good money for themselves or they still maintain a revenue stream from that intellectual property, I, I get their enjoyment of that happening. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard for me to be completely against it, but I, I agree with you that enough's enough in a lot of cases and sure. develop the younger uh, or more unknown people to expand, you know, their storytelling. But I, I, I feel for the people, you know, John Carpenter's one of my heroes. Sure. And if he's still able to make some money, off of the uh his early intellectual property i'm okay with that yeah i i guess it comes at at what cost though you know yeah i I mean that's your legacy is is being tarnished in a lot of yeah circumstances so i'm i'm with you there yeah it, it just drives like i i was talking to some friends the other day we were we were talking over um the redo of nightmare on elm street with no humor in it and no, you know, you know, no. And even Robert England was like, I'm not doing it because I'm against it. And it's like, all right, well, that's the guy. If that guy doesn't want it done, right? maybe you should listen because that guy really, his, I know he didn't write it, but his portrayal that is that movie. Yeah. 
And, you know, and that movie was so bad. And it was just like, come on. But I went and saw it. And the thing is, I went and saw it because I have an interest in that franchise. I love that franchise. Mm -hmm. And I was thoroughly disappointed. And now I'll never see another one again. Now I can't even watch the originals without being annoyed that my last taste was that. Well, they kept doing it. They kept redoing it, redoing another one. It gets a little over the top. That's why I like movies like Ophelia. Something different, something that's going to be, you know, uh, stands out and something original, which I think is cool. I so what's the plan going forward with Ophelia? Well, we're we're doing well in the festival circuit. We've, we've got quite a few more uh, that haven't announced yet. So the, the goal was to really... Uh, you know, get some get some notoriety in the the film festival world. Uh, do some uh, interviews and stuff. Get to meet folks like yourself and and spread the word about Ophelia and horror movies in general. And try to keep keep horror alive. And then eventually, you know, hopefully team up with the right uh, executive producers and and teams of people to get these made. Sure. Do you yeah. ever work with other, with other um, small budget creators? Like, do you ever like actively seek them out to maybe kind of put ideas together? Um, no. And not, not for any reason. Like as you, as we talked about, I was in a band. I've recorded hundreds of songs with people on my sure. own. I love collaboration Making movies is a collaborative effort. I do like writing with people. Okay. You know, I've written with Ivan Ramey, which was a great experience. I've got my partner, uh, Bob McCann, that I wrote Seven Cells with. Uh, he also contributed ideas for the Ophelia short and, and even the Ophelia feature. Like, I'll bounce ideas off of him, even if we don't have, like, 50-50 writing credit Sure. I still have my handful of people that I'm like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And they're either like, yeah, that's cool. Or no, that sucks. Or that's cool. But what if you did this, this, and this? And I'm like, oh yeah, can I use that? And you know, if, if that collaboration grows beyond a couple of ideas, then it's like, okay, well, how about a writing credit? And how about, you know, we just work on this whole thing together. And uh, so I do like collaboration in that standpoint. The hard part about doing it with going beyond that and actually making the content is just time and resources, mm -hmm. schedules, and, you know, all sorts of things like that. It just, it becomes a challenge. And I will say that, and, and we touched briefly on it, the actress who played Avery, uh, Tiger Cherie, she's a filmmaker herself. Sure. And that was great to, be able to collaborate with her, with her character. You know, we talked several times before filming and she said, what about this? And what about this? And then when we got to filming, you know, I would throw something out there and then she would either, either do it or say, well, can I do that? But put this little spin on it. And being a filmmaker herself, she understood the technical aspect of camera placement and, I need you to say it by the time you get to this point, because I'm going to cut to another camera and, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of collaboration within the context of production that I really enjoy. Right on. If people want to watch Ophelia, where do they go? 
opheliamovie.com has as the trailer has the short film has some other posters and content uh if you've got a smart tv just go to youtube type in ophelia short movie uh it'll come up there watch it on it with a sound bar and a subwoofer or watch it with headphones if you can because the audio is is pretty good yeah I, i agree it makes it intense it really does it's very cool so we appreciate you coming on, man. Jeff Burton, uh, much appreciated. Uh, check out the short film, Affiliate's fantastic. Check out your other movies, too. I got to start watching the other stuff also. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I appreciate you guys, and, you know, the, the I could talk with you guys for hours. Sure. <laughs> well, come, come, back when it, come back when the full length comes out, man, Absolutely. for sure. 100%. You'll be the first. Absolutely. We We're going to end right. with another clip, so I appreciate you coming on, Jeff. All right, take care. You too. Right, Thank care, you Jeff. so much. What the fuck? Joey? I need to get out of here. I'm a fan, man. I love it. Me too. Dude, Jeff's great. I'm I and this is the second time I've talked to him today, and I still have another thousand questions to ask. (laughs) He's good. I mean he stuck around for quite some time, and I appreciate that. He's dude, I I could talk horror. That's something we ought to do some some show when we really want to be lazy, is just pick out three or four horror movies, watch them over a weekend, and then come back and just talk about them. That's good radio, or good good show topic. Yeah, I I would do that you anytime. For a little bit though, that's okay. I like I literally can fall asleep to House of a Thousand Corpses because I just love sure. it. Sure, eight thousand times, and like I, I I'll turn it on now and then I just fall asleep to it because it's like almost calming to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like those kind of movies. Like the first couple of Saw movies, I thought were great. After that, now they just are the same shit that they. You yeah. Know. Did you watch that last one with uh, Chris Rock? Yeah, it's regurgitated crap now. Oof, that was so bad. But like but, the first two, I thought were thought provoking and kind yeah, of. Yeah, they were okay, but they were gore. I mean, that yeah. was kind of what they were about. Was they were kind of, I, I mean, for me anyway, I look at that and the two that I named Saw and Hostel. I look at those as the big leap in gore from the the 80s and the you know i mean all those movies that we all grew up with halloween friday the 13th nightmare um you know exorcist you know omen there's a big difference between putting out movies like that in the 80s well yeah and now putting out stuff like you do today with, with obviously the technology is better mm-hmm. but like the first song a first hostile movie i thought was great and scary the second was. one again was pure, like you said, gore. It was just for the act of showing more blood all over the place. Oh my god, Brian! Naked chicks, but 
which I like. But the first hostel was actually really, really good. Brian, put down the pipe. What do you mean? First, I, I agree with Brian. No, he says the new saw. Oh, the new saw. I haven't seen it, so I can't. Really oh, think. stop it! You see the new one? The the. If we're talking about the one with Chris Rock, yeah, it's terrible. Whatever's in the theaters now. Oh, I haven't seen that, no. I thought he was talking about the one. I didn't even know there was a new, new one. Yeah, there's a brand new one. Oh, I did not realize that. I I was talking about the one with Chris Rock, so if I'm wrong, if there's one beyond that, I apologize, Brian. But that right. one was bad. Hostile 2, and then, the, the, again, the, the Saw movies after, like, the first two just became all about the blood and guts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first hostile I thought was really kind of scary. And yeah. Fun. Dude, and, and as much as those old movies didn't have any money to really make them look super crazy like they do now, they were good, man. I don't care what. I could still sit down, and it looks cheesy as hell to watch, but like Poltergeist. Oh, yeah, I love that. I can watch that movie and still be creeped the fuck out. And I love Johnny Depp in the front of the third, or, or Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 1. I think that was his first role. <laughs> yeah. Then he did his best role was movie number two, Private Resort. Have you ever seen that? Uh, probably, but Private Resort is fantastic. Oh, it has um, what's his name, Eduardo Alessandro, I think was the was the the drug dealer, and there he's a Charlie or um, what Johnny Depp and some other guy, and what's the guy's name, Rob something, uh, were um. They were bellhops at at this resort, and um and they're just running around trying to get laid, and there's this drug dealer guy and this girl with his wife with these huge tits, and and <laughs> and like all of a sudden, like somehow, Charlie or why do I keep calling him Charlie? Johnny Depp keeps hitting on the girl on the wife, and then um, the guy Huey the the drug dealer wants to wants to kick his ass and kill him. And so they chase him around the resort. It's fantastic. Saw X apparently is out now. Saw X is out now. Okay. I have not seen that one. I apologize. I was wrong. Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one, two, and three. And like for me, three and four are the best two. But those are, I see, I, I don't know about you, but even like the Halloween movies and, you know, Jason Voorhees and all that stuff. I laugh. I, I and I always did. I never was like ah. <laughs> now the the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre creeped me out. Yeah, the original one. Yeah. Two was a pile of crap. Yeah, but then some of the remakes have been okay. But the first one I thought was was creepy. Yeah. Did you like The Grudge? I don't know if I ever saw that. Oh, I love The Grudge. That was a. And what was the other one with the girl that cr- climbs out of the the ring? Ring, yeah. The ring was good too. I like that stuff. See, but that's that's like the ring and the grudge and stuff like that. That's closer to the '80s horror than it is to the hostile saw type stuff. Yeah, you know, I love that stuff. Like I, House of a Thousand Corpses. Did you see that one? The Robin yeah, Hunt? yeah, oh yeah. Like the second one, Devil's Rejects. I thought sucked. I, I yeah, thought I didn't more. Uh, but the, the first one is actually a scary movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then from one horror movie to another, we're going to talk about the Browns. Oh, God. All right. 
And then we'll wrap up the show because the Browns are, I think, more of a horror movie than any of the movies we just mentioned. Worse than Ophelia, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We'll be back. All right. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Berta creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair. 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216 470 0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Back to the Seth Williams show with Chris Aiken. Yes, sir. Still commenting on the. Did you see oh, the quiet no. place? I did not see that one. And what? Where would I see that? I think is <clears throat> it on Netflix? I believe. I Netflix has it. Believe it or not, I do not have Netflix. Wow. I cancel. I never watched anything. The Ring was a great movie, but doesn't hold up today. No, that I believe. Yeah. I don't. Um, speaking of horror movies, the Browns. What do you think about that game? And I'm going to stand by my uh, prediction that uh, the $230 million man will not play ever again for the Browns. Did not play the other day when you claimed that he played. because Yes, threw he the did. Ball. He threw the ball five times and twice to the other team. But he threw the ball. So that does not – he played for the other team. He played. He played for our team just terribly. He played very terribly, but he played for our team. I win. And I'm, I've am i lost all hope in Kevin Stefanski. Well, that I don't disagree with. I mean, you see, you saw that um, Kareem Hunt called him out, right? I know I did not, did he? Yeah, Kareem Hunt was like, they asked Kareem Hunt why they didn't run the ball. 
when when it was like first and three or whatever, you know, and Hunt's answer was, why didn't they run me with the ball at all in the fourth quarter? And sure as shit, he did not get one carry in the fourth quarter. What the hell is that? They try these stupid reverse plays, flea flicker crap that doesn't ever work. (laughs) It looks like they're playing in the backyard somewhere and the plays never work. I, I don't understand what the hell they're doing. Look, I, I have won two, that damn game yesterday. Should have won, won a it. Crappy ass backup quarterback, like whatever. I didn't even know PJ Walker. PJ yeah, okay. Walker. Yeah. Here's here, I blame yesterday a thousand percent on Stefanski, or ninety nine percent on Stefanski, and the other one percent, which I will go the last month and blame a hundred percent on the management. It's clear that this guy, P.J. Walker, is not the answer. (laughs) And there are definitely guys out there that are better than him that are just not playing. Joe Flacco, uh, Nick Foles, uh, you know, Carson Wentz. I'm not saying these guys are going to come in here and be superstars. Cam Newton. I would take, look, this is going to be the stunner of all stunners. I would take the kneeling idiot right now over what we have. I, I would. Didn't. I don't care if he hasn't. I, would, pl- I wouldn't watch the game. But. I wouldn't either. But I would still rather have that piece of shit than than what we than PJ Walker, who's a step above. If PJ Walker is better than DTR, what the hell is? Why is both of them on the team? What is going on with the with the <laughs> Brian? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Tino might. <laughs> so guys, Baker was the problem when you trade. That will be up. See, I, Look, I would, Baker, I, Baker looks like he was he was all right. Nah, Baker stinks. I'm not saying he's a Joe Montana, but he's better than what we have. Oh, he's better than what we have now. Yeah, but but Baker Baker's not the answer either. The answer is, the, first of all, the, the real answer is you got a guy that only played six games last year. It's only played six games in three years, and you went into a season without a quality backup with any proven track record. You got a guy whose career highlight was being the MVP of the XFL, which basically means he's a glorified college player. And you got DTR, who's never taken a snap in the NFL until game whatever, two or whatever, and then he sucked. They didn't sign Brissett for no real reason. No real reason. Why wouldn't you just keep Brissett? If Brissett was good enough to be the backup that could play if 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 and when dude wasn't there last year, why wouldn't you keep that guy this year? I, I agree. Now, can you charge Deshaun Watson with anything? Like, like what? Theft, robbery? <laughs> no, I mean, no. These dummies. The Browns for the fans. I mean, there's got to be some kind of charges we could bring this guy up on. Not when, not when, not when um, our criminal owner opened the door and said, "Please come on in." Criminals hiring criminals. It's one of those buyback plans. I watch him. Standing on the sidelines, joking around, having a good time, and my backside hurts. I feel like I've been taken advantage of in the worst <laughs> possible way. 
I mean, I I know it's not my money that he's using, but I feel yeah. like in some way that I've been yeah. taken advantage of. My money's been taken out of my wallet and, and pissed on because he is worthless and shouldn't be playing football right now. Yeah, he's... he's ever again. He's not the answer. And Natalie, you're just wrong. We won those two games in spite of P.J. Walker, not because of P.J. Walker. And a stellar defense that we had uh, couldn't stop them from driving the field. At the yeah, end what the happened there at the end of the game? They just boom, 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 to score. It's like, what the hell? Walker. There we go. I mean, this, this, Walker did his bad. Look. You're in the NFL. I'm sick and tired. The best you did the best you could. I don't care. No, yeah, Gunner, I love you, but I mean, come on. I mean, you're no. in the NFL. You got to be better than he did his best, right? This is an NFL football team. There's only so many guys that are playing quarterback in the NFL, and if you're not good enough to win games, you shouldn't be there. Put it another way: if we got this, if Ohio State got the same fifteen for thirty-two for 170 yards or whatever from their quarterback, would that guy be starting every week? Yeah, well, that guy sucks too. I, I understand, but he's doing better. What I'm saying is if yeah. his no, production is better than P.J. Walker. Yes. You don't, you don't watch college football, do you? A whole lot. Not a whole lot. I, no, I've watched more than I used to, but. I might as well toss you and I out there. Uh. Ugh. Six I, I, wins or less. No way. They're still going to win nine. Nope. This season's over. <laughs> Deshaun Watson is never playing NFL football again, and the Browns will lose the remainder of their games. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they playing next? I don't even know. I I was so disgusted yesterday with that game that I, I just I wanted nothing to do with with even knowing anything about the Cleveland Browns at the end of the game. When they pissed that game away, I was like, this is, this sucks. They, they could have, you know, the worst part is they could have been five and two top of the division, run their own destiny, but no, no, come on. They give it away to Geno Smith, Geno friggin' Smith. Now somehow Uh, Seattle figured out that Geno Smith could play. But we, but we got P.J. Walker and DTR. The Cardinals are coming to town. If they don't win that game, I might just jump on the bandwagon with you. Yeah, you know who their quarterback is? Yeah, Dobbs. Yeah, the guy that the Browns she kept. Yeah, the guy the Browns should have kept. Exactly right. Exactly right. But we gave him away so we could have P.J. Walker. Oh. Which probably means he'll come in here and light us up for 450 yards and eight I touchdowns. So. I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he doesn't, but it will not shock me if he does. I mean, this team is Yesterday, Geno Smith had a terrible game. Terrible. And yet he still lit up the Browns at the end of the game. Yeah, at the end of the game, he found a way to do it. Jacoby left so he could start. What are you talking about? He's not starting. Jacoby's with what? Washington? Yeah, he's not the starter. They got that that other bum, Sam Howell. Blame the management, not Walker. They don't want to spend the money. See, now the rumor I heard was they are going after, what's his name, Jerry Judy or whatever from Denver. 
And it's like, well, who's going to throw him the damn ball? Yeah. Who the hell cares if we got another good receiver on our team? Who's going to throw him the ball? Yeah, we got to. And then the one guy that they've been rumored to get tore his Achilles yesterday. Right. Well, I think like a whole bunch of quarterbacks went down yesterday. Yeah, but I, I dude, that's a you want to talk about that dude was in contract year and everything else. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Traded. Yeah, he was getting going to get traded to a better team. Just done yeah. for. Just done now. And he's old, so he may not even get the big he's, money. He's I mean, he's already getting the big money, but but he might have he might have screwed his whole career. Should have sat out. Oof. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's... Jacoby had a chance to start the Redskins at a QB competition. <laughs> Jacoby had a chance to start here? Looking at, looking at things? Would have been better off, huh? Yeah. I think he'd be starting without a doubt. He'd be starting, he'd be starting here. Only bad QBs are out there, and they can't find guys better than this. That's that, that's, my, that's my exact point. That's what I'm saying. How bad is Carson Wentz, who was a first-round pick, what, four years ago, five years ago, that he can't even get a job, but P.J. Walker has a job? P. What? P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. The guy I, I watched him in the XFL. I forgot his name today. I didn't yeah. know he started yesterday. I I agree with Gunner fully. I don't know what the hell was going on there yesterday, but why Hunt wasn't running the ball? I mean, he was he was crushing it in the third quarter, second and third yeah. quarter. He had a nice game. You know, he had like ten carries, fifty, sixty yards, something like the guy that. Won you the game last week? Yeah, and he had a touchdown yesterday. I think didn't he? No, I don't know. I think he had a touchdown in the second quarter. So why not put him on the sideline? And here's another thing. Since we're just bitching about the Browns to bitch, why in the fuck in the third quarter is Miles Garrett on the bench coming out of the half and he's not out there when the defense goes out there? Because he was sore after wearing all that makeup and shit for his Halloween costume. You know what? Tough shit. You see that, you see that yeah, crap? I did see he had all that stuff on. Jeepers, creepers, or whatever it was. Yeah, idiot. Yeah, on. I I just can't stand it. You have a game to play, and you're worrying about Halloween, dumbass. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, that's true too. You know we're. I, I know he's also the, a kicker. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he's a punter. <laughs> Punter right in the head. <laughs> Punts are right in the stomach. <laughs> uh, whatever. It was a disaster. They're still gonna. They're gonna lose. Um, Wentz has the same back injury Romo had. Also, keep in mind, Coach Stefanski never played Hunt in the fourth. He always had Chubb to finish out the game. Stefanski doesn't know how to use the players. Agree. I totally agree that he doesn't know how to use the players. I definitely agree with that. But what are we going to do? We're going to fire the coach again? We're going to get another one? Who are you going to get? Why don't we get somebody that has maybe some coaching experience? I'd rather get a failed NFL coach that has yeah. actually you know, coached the game before and knows what the hell they're doing huh. as opposed to these new guys that have no idea how to coach a football team. Look, given the way that this offense is shit, go get Mike Martz. Mike Martz knew how to coach offense. 
He's out there. I hear him yeah. every I hear him every week on um ninety two three. He's you always never let Butch Davis go. Butch Davis. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking with us, right? I, I hope so. Next thing you know, there's gonna be a call for Chudzinski to come back. He was great too. <laughs> for what, one year or something? Wasn't he here like one season? One four and twelve season and out. Yeah, it, it it's it was it was depressing yesterday. I, I'm not gonna lie, I thought we had it yesterday. Do you even care anymore though? I do. I why? Because I, 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 I always will. Because I always will. You're not used to this losing garbage. Like I used to bother. Uh, am I used to it? Yes. Am I accepting it? No. It used to bother me when the Browns like it would ruin my week. Like if Ignatius Ohio State or the Browns would lose. Now, Ignatius is in the toilet. I don't know what the hell is going on with the school, much less the football team. Ohio State, I never went to Ohio State, so what the hell do I care if they win? Other than I always rooted for them, I guess, because they're better than the Browns. But now they got a quarterback. They have no shot of winning anything with this guy behind behind the center. And the Browns just have let me down since the Bernie days. And shit, they didn't win anything during the Bernie days. So what the hell difference does it make? They're a loser franchise. You know when what? The big win something. They had a guy who beat the hell out of women as their running back, and so it's nothing to be proud of. You you know what the biggest bummer is of of the whole thing? Is Brian Hoyer still an option? I'll take him. I think he played yesterday for somebody. But you know what the biggest bummer is in Cleveland? The only championship we ever got was in our lifetime was from fucking LeBron. LeBron. Right, the biggest cocksucker ever to play in a sport in Cleveland. I'd rather not have a championship than have that one. I would too. I'm I'm with you on that. I I enjoyed it that season, but I can't stand him. See, I remember, you know, speaking of Trip passing away two years ago mm-hmm. on Saturday, but I remember, you know, you know, Trip wanted a championship more than anybody. Yeah, so bad he wanted a championship. I know, and I remember when. LeBron, he hated LeBron though. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on the, the, my patio, having a cigarette, listening to the the Cavs win that championship. Right. And I cried that night, not because they finally won a championship, because I thought I was going to have so much work to do the next day. <laughs> right. I, I did not want to deal with it. I just didn't want to deal with the fact that they won a championship. I was going to have to do all these songs and all this stupid highlight crap and all the. It was going to be a ton of work that I was going to have to right. do. For this, so I literally shed a tear and I was yelling because I was pissed. And I got to work the next day and I said, "All right, Trip, I got an idea for this. I got this about this song, this song." You guys, now, well, what do you want me to do? Nothing. I said, "Why not?" Fucking LeBron. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> done. And I went outside. We smoked a cigarette and went and had lunch. It was the greatest day ever. I didn't have to do anything. So, so, so yeah. how did he acknowledge it on the radio? He was pissed. He was just like, we actually won a championship thanks to this guy. He was not happy at all about that thing. It yeah, was a, wow. If the Indians would have won a championship, a World Series, I'd still be playing songs for that guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was so mad that they won because of LeBron that he didn't, he didn't care at all. Dude, speaking of the Indians, the other the other day I was watching, I think it was on Pluto, they have that um, Great Games channel, Great great Baseball Games channel. 
And they had the game seven from what year was that? 16? Yeah. When when the Indians lost. <laughs> I was like, I turned it on. I started watching it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I started, then I, I kind of looked up the date, the date of the game. And I was like, oh, this is the game seven that we lose. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they showed a, uh, when they were doing the World Series, did John Smoltz is like one of the announcers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed the Braves beating the, the Indians. I was like, man, I, I, I can't watch the, the World Series. Um, heard this earlier today. I don't know what, if there's any uh, updates on this. I haven't heard anything. Uh, Brewers manager Craig Council was meeting with the Guardians today about the managerial opening. What's that got to do with my Padres? They suck too. I know they need a coach. million dollars and on all these different players, and they got nothing either. Yeah, their coach jumped to the Giants. As long as Cleveland fans allow, use the excuse it's worth sucking now because when we win, it'll be worth it. Mentality, nothing will change. The fans take pride in sucking for likes and retweets. You know what? I agree with that. I agree with Jake fully on that. And, and I used to not. I used to get mad when people would say that shit until I spent a couple of years in Pittsburgh when I was building the pinball palace. And when I was building the palace up there, you know, I would listen to their sports talk cause I'm a sports talk guy. I like sports talk and I would listen to their sports talk. And that was the year that Roethlisberger tore whatever. And he was out for like six or seven games yeah. and Michael Vick came in and played for them. And I was amazed listening to their sports talk, how their fans None of them were like, well, you know, it's okay if we lose because it's not Big Ben. And they were all like, well, Roethlisberger's going to miss six games, but we should still be able to go five and one. <laughs> and I was like, that would never be said in Cleveland, ever. Even, even if nobody was injured, they would never say, well, we should be able to go five and one. And I just, just hearing the, the expectation of winning. And it makes sense why Pittsburgh always wins. I just said the, the Browns are not going to win another game this year. <laughs> well, that's nuts. But no, that's not nuts. That's going to, to happen. You don't think they're going to win one more game? Nope. They're going to go 4-13. and 13. Yep. They're going to lose 10 straight. 10 straight. No way. They don't have a quarterback. Deshaun With Watson. that defense, they'll find somebody to just lay down. They don't have anybody to score. They only what? need to score three points. The fancy is not going to run the, the running backs that we have that can actually score, and they don't have a quarterback. So what's the difference? You just need one, defense, one broken play could win a game. The next game is going to be 6-3. They're going to lose. The defense might score and win. <laughs> could happen. Yeah. Miles Garrett's going to be worrying about his next Halloween costume. They're not going to lose 10 more, 10 in a row. Ten in a row. They're not losing ten in a row. It's over. <laughs> no way. Over. Want to take that bet? Nope. Because <laughs> I'll take that bet that they're not going to lose ten no, in a row. We're even now. I'm not betting anything right now. I'll bet out back on that one. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wrap things up. Okay. Um, what do we got coming up? Anything Monday or Wednesday? We have, Monday. We have uh, it's Wednesday already. Yeah. Tony, Massage on Wednesday. Tony will be here mon- on Wednesday. They got to be doing it, it. Maybe. Yeah, he's like bitching that we don't pay him stuff. Pay him? 
Yeah, he wants some kind of contract where he gets paid to go to restaurants and eat for free. All right. How about if we pay him in internet credits? <laughs> I'm kidding. He doesn't want anything. I'm just, I'm just hoping we can you know, get him, keep him going. But yeah, turn, absolutely. Turn Wednesday, and we'll find something else to talk about. Yeah, I'm sure something. Well, was, something, something I wanted to have on, but I can't remember who it was. But we'll see. Something will come up in the mix. Browns will find a way to lose 11 in a row. Thank you, Stop Scott. Stop it. There are some teams that are just destined to lose, always. That is true, Brian. Thank you. See? We have the right mentality. Yeah. This is Cleveland. They are not losing 10 in a row. They're not. <laughs> I can't do it again, man. All right, I'm really close to taking this bet because I think it's I can't do it again. If it wasn't for the fact that the Cardinals are coming to town, I might have taken a bet. But they have a shot this week. Except Josh Don't Jones. we have the Jets at some point, too? Okay. Still. Even without Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could go out there with two torn Achilles and beat the Browns. Yeah. Well, and he's already back. He's already off his crutch. Well, I mean, he's already off his crutches and throwing. Sean Watson's got a, you know, a sore shoulder from jerking his dick, and he can't get out there and play. Yeah, see, that's the problem. See, that's how he hurt his shoulder. Everybody that's what I think, too. For the past, you know, how many years, and now he's got, got to do it himself. Yeah. Wore his shoulder out in no time. Torn rotator cuff. And cramped hands. Yeah. Micro tear. Shut up. Yeah, Micro penis tear. Did you hear did you hear him try to explain that the other day? It's like apparently it's a, a tear in the muscle, it's a fibrous thing that and, come on. You're a jackass. You don't know anything. Yeah, shut up. Great show today, Seth. You always have great shows. Everyone have a great night and see you on Wednesday. The Browns will win the next game. No, they won't, but thank you, Natalie. <laughs> have a great uh Tuesday, everybody, and we'll see you Wednesday night, God willing, right, Chris? I hope so. Thank you, Chris. It was a good one. Yes. Thank you to Jeff Burton for coming on, too. Yeah, he's great. And we'll talk to you Wednesday. See See ya.